Let us pray. O Heavenly Father, look upon the people in this land who live with injustice, terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Have mercy upon us. Help us to eliminate our cruelty to these, our neighbors. Strengthen those who spend their lives establishing equal protection of the law and equal opportunities for all. And grant that every one of us may enjoy a fair proportion of the riches of this land. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is a collect for the oppressed, a proof for use uh, from the Book of Common Prayer, a proof for use on the feast of Martin Luther King Jr. So if you needed a reminder to make sure your pipes are covered and you're ready for tomorrow, you, you're welcome. We wanted you to feel that cool weather kind of in, in your bodies right now to prepare you for what's coming in the next few days. So. Um, but if you need a, a, like a warm spot, you're more than welcome to go over to the 12:30 service because that the chapel, Morrow Chapel, is pretty warm at this time. So, uh, and happy second Sunday after the Epiphany. This short-ish season that we remain in until Lent, and hopefully by now we have started being intentional about finding those small glimpses of God's manifestation as a risen Christ in our everyday lives as we practice living into what this season of epiphany means for all of us. So let's keep a few reminders here in our hearts and our minds as we sit with our lessons this morning. One, when we wrestle with scripture or when we look for meaning in them or when we look for what it is they are saying to us, we see these, these lessons with a different lens. We can choose to get into what was happening at the time of them we can choose to focus on the characters and their roles in the story. And we can keeping all of this in mind and that this is a season in our liturgical that this season in our liturgical calendar is all about how Christ is revealed, we intentionally look for this theme in our lessons, which what we get is the revealing of Christ to the world and the world at different times and to different characters and peoples today. We have what's known as Samuel's call in our Old Testament lesson. Samuel is not aware of what is happening. And this is because when we're looking at the context and we're looking at what was happening, Israel currently didn't have a king, right? So everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. They're kind of doing whatever they want, whatever pleases them, whatever is right for them. Uh, and so there's a lot of, a lot of just tension going on. Eli, the priest, is in the temple, and so, uh, so Samuel is working under Eli, and, and Eli is the priest in the temple, but his sons, meanwhile, are, are perverted and perverted the sacrificial system, and they were using their power to abuse the women serving at Shiloh. So that's why we get the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. So why would Samuel think anyone is calling to him other than Eli at the time? And then in our gospel, Jesus has come to Galilee to call on his first disciples. We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote. We have found Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. And remember last week when I said scripture is not always easy to preach on? Well, I think today we see a good example of that in our epistle. It is like one of those lessons that you probably skip over as a Sunday school teacher, and you're kind of like, we'll let the parents do that one. But I think there's a greater message for us in these verses 
that are appointed for us. Paul is reminding the community of Corinth who the people belong to, a reminder to them that the risen Christ has paid the ultimate price for them. And so these lessons all together point us to a Christ who is revealed in places that we do not expect. Samuel is a boy who's working, Eli, who's working under Eli, and we don't know exactly what he was doing, but what was, special about, what was special about this boy is he was born to Hannah, whom we know gave him to Eli, right? Like, uh, as gratitude for what God had done, because remember, at that time, she was barren, a barren and during a period in history that, that was made it seem as a punishment from God. Her barrenness was because she had done something wrong or she was not loved by God. And she was even humiliated by Eli himself, who accused her of being drunk when she prayed for, for this child that she so desired. So what could the invitation for us today be through Samuel's call? Are we being called to analyze those voices that call us? Could it be that God is trying to speak to us through unexpected places? Are we like Samuel needing Eli who, despite being in the place where he was, where he's of old age, tell, scripture tells us he needed, he couldn't really see what was happening, right? But even, the, but still God used him, right? Still God put it in, in Eli's heart to say, oh, wait a minute. I mean, it took him three, three, after three times. But, you know, he, he heard it and said, oh, Samuel, you need to respond differently. As priests and lay members, we make up the church, right? All of us here. And we have a lot of responsibility. We serve God in different ways. I'm sure a lot of you do work, and local work with, with different organizations at home, or you just serve in different capacities. And we serve um, by serving at example, a few examples of what your clergy do is we serve as deputies to general convention, or you serve on different boards. I know we've, when Reverend Hannah served, talks about being at a seminary board meeting, like we have all of these different responsibilities that are on top of the, the most, you know, the, the, the sacraments of baptism or uh, weddings, of, of being with people in funerals, we have all of these other commitments, or we serve on different councils. And so this past week, I supported the Episcopal Church's youth office by participating in the interviewing process for what is known as the General Convention Official Youth Presence. This is a group of, of 18 youth. There's two from each province. There's nine provinces in, the Episcopal, in, our, in, in our denomination uh, who represent the youth of the wider church at our triennial gathering at General Convention. And so now I know you do not need all these details, but it was serving as part of the official youth presence in 2006 that stirred this curiosity about the Episcopal Church for me. It was pivotal for me. It was when I realized that there was room for me in the church, even when I didn't understand what was happening. And I realized, like, I don't know what is going on on this floor or what was happening at the convention itself, but there was a place for me there. And so I want our, our preaching, our work, our ministries to always reflect that, to be for all. So including all the young people in our congregation and in our community today. So back to the story from the past week, right? 
And, and when you wear many hats, you kind of learn to balance them, right? You're a mom, you're a teacher, you're a professional, you're uh, a daughter, you're like a, a parent figure, you're a guardian, you're a caretaker, and you just, when you try, there's some weeks when you maybe try to put one of those hats down and, and then everything just kind of falls apart, right? Uh, at least that's what I felt was happening to me uh, last week. You know, when I, we were, uh, were preparing for our annual meeting on the 28th, we're also preparing, we are in the season of Epiphany, but your clergy and staff are kind of thinking about Lent, Lent and our Lent offerings. And, and, you know, and I have a two-year-old who is, kind of throws herself on the ground when we say it's time to go from the museum. And, and you're, you're just trying to balance all these things. And one of them, you step out from and... and Everything kind of just goes everywhere, right? So here I was on Thursday before driving to Camp Allen, doing one other thing that I had said yes to, uh, which was this commitment with the uh, Youth Formation Office. And, and I was just kind of sitting there, and it was going to be three, we were going to do three interviews and kind of asking the same questions over and over. And so there was one uh, particular answer from a young person when, when we said, what is something that everyone in the world today needs to know? And he said something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing here, La gente necesita saber que Dios nos ama, que es un amor incondicional y que es un amor que no nos merecemos. People need to know that God loves us, that it is an unconditional love that we do not deserve. And that was the voice I needed to pay attention to this week. Not the one that's saying I'm not doing enough or the one saying that I'm an awful mother for letting my kid watch 30 minutes straight of Bluey. And maybe that's what you need to hear today too. Samuel reminds us that the voice of God is persistent. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And that the voice of God could also be in the form of a toddler tapping you on the shoulder and saying, it's okay, mommy, it's okay. And can anything good come out of Nazareth? Theologian Craig Keener reminds us that civic and village rivalries were common at the time. So Nathaniel, when asking this, in a way criticizing Jesus' humble origins, the Judean elites were unimpressed with Jesus' Galilean roots. Both John and Matthew's gospel, no, the authors of these gospels, notice this and therefore both seem to address this. What good can come out of Nazareth? And so I ask you today, what good can come out of those places or those people? What good will we welcome and make way for? This is what Epiphany is all about. Christ revealed through Martin Luther King Jr. Christ speaking through all sorts of people today. Speaking through flawed people. Even those, Christ is inviting even those who question because if, if you look at the Gospels, we really don't know much about Nathaniel. We know that Philip found him hiding under the tree and he became one of the 12. All four Gospels can attest to that. So little known from Nathaniel, but so much more revealed to us through that because that silence or those 
And that mystery there reveals to us that we can take a part of Nathaniel's actions and Nathaniel's thoughts of what good can come out of X thing. And when Paul was speaking to the, to, to the city or to the people of Corinth, there was, it was a diverse city. So people were worshiping different gods or had different traditions. And, and what Paul is reminding us is that the things that are, are lawful are not always beneficial, but we have free will to discern that. And we bear that responsibility. And that is our hope and our, and our, for all of you during this season. To listen to the voice of God, the voice of truth that speaks to us through scripture, that speaks through, through prophets like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that speak through us through those people or those places that we least expect it from. And may we seek to do that today and always. Amen.